everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. There's that bitch. Hiya. Hiya. Um, how was the baby first aid thing? Huh? <laughs> okay, just to give context, there's some very loud builders next to Chloe's house, but actually, I can't hear anything. You sure? Because I can really hear it. <laughs> like, you can't hear it at all, but then it must, I get it because this happened to me before and you can't concentrate because you're like oh my god this is so loud and annoying but no I'm fine I can compartmentalize it but if anyone's like I honestly can't handle this just tell us we'll stop the live and we'll reschedule it um what did you ask how the first aid thing was oh the first aid thing yeah sorry my phone's ringing honestly it's like oh, it's, it's also <laughs> okay um first aid thing was oh my god it was so funny I was that really annoying person in class that like kept making her repeat everything so I could make notes and like she was like does anyone want to like be like do a demonstration with me and like everyone like shut and I was like yeah I do I was like I want to know exactly what I'm doing thank you very much and um obviously just like overtook the class telling stories and being really annoying oh great <laughs> and uh, she kept asking stuff she was like has anyone ever seen anyone choke before and I was like really and then she was like has anyone ever seen anyone get knocked unconscious before? I was like, me. And then she asked me, and so then I ended up just telling loads of stories. Well, do you know what's the worst though when you're teaching courses like that? Because yeah. I've done stuff like that, and then like when the class is like absolutely dead, and you're like, wow. So at least like she will have loved you because at least she got something back. Or well, when like uni lecturers and, and like half a class don't ever say anything, and you're like. It would always be me that answered because I was like, well, I've waited for 10, like, it's just awkward for everyone now. So I'm just going to answer. It's good. Interactive learning is the best way to learn. Like get involved, you know, really seep in it. Although when I've done like speed awareness courses, I never get involved in them. They're like, does anyone want to volunteer how they got a speeding ticket today? And I'm like, fuck off, Jenny. (laughs) I was literally going two miles over the speed limit while pregnant, trying to get to a midwife appointment. That's how. Fucking met police who I hate with a passion. No shade to police officers as a whole, but we all know the Metropolitan Police are are not not the best people in the world right now. Um, Okay, so let's get to the questions. Do we have anything on the live? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just Claire saying that she can't hear the builders. Ollie's saying, hey guys, couldn't make the lives earlier this week. Glad I made this one again. And Janet saying good morning. Although I still don't know if it's Janet or Jeanette. No, it's <laughs> Janet. We've done this. Jeanette would have an E at the end, right? She's an E, yeah. Janet is E T. Yeah. <laughs> not, not the alien. <laughs> oh dear, something's going on with my brain today. Okay. Helen Spear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll promise I'll stop. I promise. Um, hello, I used to do some PT sessions based around CrossFit twice a week, which I loved and worked really well for me. 
but cost and other th things meant that I didn't continue on with it. I'm following your gym workouts, which I do really enjoy, but I'm really missing throwing my body around for that last purge of sweat where you need to lie down afterwards, e.g. burpees over box. What's burpees over box? You jump over the box and then do a burpee. Okay. Um, my gym has a sled thing too. I haven't used it yet. So my question is, if I did an extra five minutes or so at the end of your gym session to doing burpees over box and sled push, would you recommend one minute exercise, one minute rest? Yes, if you can handle it. If not, do 30, 30 or 40, 40, whatever. Or if I'm using it as a finisher, maybe as many as I can do for two or three minutes or something, brackets. The good thing about being with that PT is that I was told what to do and I did it. I didn't have to think for myself and decide if it was right or wrong. I'd really appreciate your thoughts and ideas. Thank you. Um, Emma, you answer that. I mean, you absolutely can do that. It, it kind of depends on, like, there's a reason we don't program that in, partly because it, like, it's really easy to make someone just feel really tired. Like, like, yeah, do five minutes of burpees, see how many you can do. You'll be absolutely spent by the end of it. But often, like, especially things like burpees over a box, it's like, it's high risk of injury. It's high risk of, like, actually quite poor form. I know that people think, like, burpee is just, like, a standard cardio exercise but you can do it very wrong especially if you're throwing yourself onto the floor and then pulling yourself back up and normally people look like some kind of like flopping seal type thing like it's I don't think it's the best exercise to be doing in that manner I think burpees can be good usually not in a crossfit style where like I said you're kind of just like flopping onto the floor a little bit and then trying to do as many as possible as quickly as possible versus doing 10 with very good form um but I also do understand that sometimes it's quite nice to finish the, finish the session with like, I've left everything in the gym. I've, I don't know, maybe things as well. Like, I think what I miss about doing things like that is getting, say, one minute into a three minute burpee thing and being like, there's no way I'll ever keep going for the three minutes and then finishing the three minutes. Like you get a lot from like a psychological perspective and being able to push your body like that so I can see why you want to do it um but I then I would kind of question like what the outcome you're looking for is and the risk v reward but if it's like yeah no I'm happy to do burpees I haven't got injured doing them I I'm not going to jump over a box that I might fall over all those kind of things considered like yeah do something like there's loads of quote quote wads online so you could do like yeah I'm going to do one minute on one minute off for I don't know five rounds or something or you might want to be like I'm going to do how many I think there's one that actually has a name you know how they name some of them and yeah. it's like whatever a name is but it's just seven minutes of burpees however many you can get in seven minutes so if you want to do something like horrible like that sure I wouldn't do it every session but it might be a good like measure of fitness like say you did that once a month and saw how many burpees you could get in seven minutes. And then the next month, try and beat that score. Yeah, I, again, I, I back Emma, I I'm totally understand why people love, like James is like this, or love training like this and want to train like this. And that's fine. But yeah, I mean, you say it yourself, throwing yourself around in a workout. Like the problem with the CrossFit workouts are that a lot of the time people are doing them in a big class environment and they're not being coached properly and they're not doing them with good form. And I'm not, obviously that's not everyone because some people have naturally really great form. Some people know what they're doing. 
most people don't and I speak as a very very experienced personal trainer here like most people don't know how to do a squat properly unless they are taught one-on-one and it takes sessions multiple sessions to get them to do it right so so it's a little bit of like a e kind of spot however I get it if you love it and you feel like you had a PT who showed you how to do it properly go for it the only other thing I would add is like with those kind of workouts those are the ones really that I see read cardio that make people seem to make people hungrier in the hours after you you might want to be sick for an hour but after that you will probably be ravenous and again this is different for everyone but I do tend to find that that kind of hit cardio um, output is usually the culprit when we talk about like the added expenditure and the increased hunger can happen with marathon training too but this is kind of by and large the thing that I see it with so keep an eye on that. Um, and then if you're like, no, that's not a problem either. The only last consideration I would I would make is like the rate, the recovery that you need after doing that kind of thing is like as important as the recovery you need after doing a massive savage leg day. It's the same thing. Um, so maybe don't do it every day. Maybe do it after your after your leg day sessions. When then let's say the next day you do like I don't know. I don't know really how I programmed it, but you have a you have a lighter session, and then you know you maybe don't do any cardio. Or if you do, you do some studies. Say definitely don't do it back to back, and just be thoughtful re how you're programming it yourself with fatigue in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only other thing that I was going to say is also because this is online coaching, and exactly what Chloe was talking about re people's forms. There might be people that I would have do burpees maybe even burpees over a box probably not realistically but hey maybe but certainly not people that I hadn't already seen move in certain ways and that they could do good form like it would be ridiculously irresponsible for me to program jumping over a box and doing burpees with people that I don't haven't seen like do those movements before and that also might be you know slightly older and thus if they did god forbid fall and break something well fall they'd be more likely to break something it would be way harder to recover from that like you're looking at like a lot of the people on the ec method are peri or postmenopausal like no matter how hard you try there's probably going to be an increased risk of reduced bone mineral density right increased risk of fracture and more to the point like harder to recover if you do break anything so again with like we do consider these things when we're programming that that's like the cost benefit of that doesn't sway in the way of adding it in you know I've got to say I've got some face-to-face clients at the moment and it's so funny it's night and fucking day how I train now how I PT them now versus what I used to do and it's like and I said it to one of my one-to-ones the other day Uh, again she's probably listening to this I was like she, was, she she wrote out all the stuff she does with her PT and there's there's like a lot of like giant setting super setting things like like a big compound lift with like a ski arc for example and I was like the thing is the thing that you should be doing with your PT is form 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 teach me how to lift that's it teach me how to lift weights teach me how to lift weights properly and then you can talk about sets and reps and then you can talk about super sets and then you can do the like if you're paying a PT, this is by the way, not really directly correlated to your question or it's just a side note. If you're paying your PT to go in there and do loads of body weight stuff and like get really sweaty and sick or do loads of cardio, like, okay, if you love it, fine. But really you're not, you're not using your PT for what you should be using them for. And they're not, they're not showing you what they should be showing you. Um, You know, I'm so like with my one-to-ones now, it's like, 
form lifts machine work if i see that she can do one thing really well on a machine i'll take her over and see if she can do an rdl and if i can see that she can do an rdl really really well maybe the next session i'll i'll venture into like a a kettlebell deadlift like and i and i'm i'm slowly trying to feel out like what can she do and teach her good form I think it would make me a shit PT if every session I was like, now we're going to do, and we have done sled pulls, but now we're going to do 45 minutes of sled pulls and burpees. Like, it's just a waste of money. And again, this isn't really directly correlated with your question at all, but I'm just like anyone out there who does see a PT as well as have an online coach, whether it's Emma and I or whoever, get your PT to teach you how to lift weights. That's what they should be doing, in my opinion. Right, next question. <laughs> Um, Charlotte, I might get fuck off Jenny on a t-shirt. <laughs> um, Liz, morning, Chloe's on form today. Oh, <laughs> Ollie, I agree, Beth is dangerous, so remove them from my workouts. Veg must be dangerous as well. <laughs> Classic Ollie. Right, Becky. I've possibly broken my foot again. Stress fracture. Do you know how? Burpee box jumps. Really? No, I just made that up. <laughs> Just recovered recovered from the last one. Steps are down and will and will be whilst I rest it. Should I lower my calories a bit? Also, any ideas for leg workouts? Maybe on my knees. I don't have machines. Okay, so she's got a stress fracture in her foot. I'd quite like to know how. No, no. If you don't um have any access to machines, there's not anything you can do really. I'm trying to think now. I mean, you probably, like, yeah, I think the best thing, at least initially, is just rest. Yeah. You could do, like, some, if you had some resistance bands, there's some seated stuff that you could do. But I agree with Emma, I would just, you know, your foot. (laughs) I would just leave lower body, babe, and do everything seated. You could do everything seated. You could do, like, you know, some, like, hamstring. um, You could do some... um, leg extensions leg cut you could do some band around the hips and stuff but I just I just wouldn't I would just leave lower body yeah just get a bang and upper body um re-calories depends how much lower your expenditure is so let us know how much lower it is let us know your goals let us know your current weight and current calories because the truth is you might just be in a smaller deficit on the same calories and often dropping calories just makes it ridiculously hard to stick to. Yeah, agreed. Okay, Maggie. Hi, beautiful ladies. I'm struggling-ish and have been pretty much since I joined in August. Um, I maintained whilst poorly, I maintained whilst poorly attempting to aim for fat loss. My rough aim coming into 2023 has been to move a few kilos while pushing for progress goals, very slowly progressing on squats from painless body weight to maybe gentle weight um, and get a bench upper body. I'm imagining that says hench. I don't know. Um, My calories are supposed to be 1800, but I would guess more likely to be 2200 and my steps are between 60 and 70,000 a week. As I adjust my lifestyle to my new, oh sorry, as I adjust my lifestyle to my new office job, I start well, stick to the plan, then allow myself to be sidetracked by family visiting slash my housemate has a takeaway. Um, I don't go in the bucket, it's more just drift into ambivalence. Tough love is needed. 
Emma. <laughs> um, I mean, I probably am going to give you a bit of tough love here. Like, you can't expect to get results if you don't stick to the targets. And it doesn't sound like, you know, you're emotionally eating or anything like that. I think it just sounds like you need better planning. And if you are going to have a takeaway with your housemate, make it once a week and account for it over the week and look at you manage your calories over that period of time. Okay, on this night, I'm having this. On this night, I'm having that. And balance your calories throughout the week in order to hit those targets. The rest of it, like hopefully you're getting into the gym. I don't know if you are. I know you said you've got performance goals, but I don't know if you're consistently getting into the gym. Um, yeah. Like, unless you can tell us like maybe a little bit more about like the barriers you're having to sticking to those calories. The only real thing is like, have a little bit more discipline, plan ahead a little bit more, set yourself some targets, allow yourself some treats. But the other thing I'll say about that is like plan them ahead. So instead of being like, oh, I wasn't going to have a takeaway tonight and I've already eaten all my calories, but oh, my flatmate is, I'll just have it. Be like, no, let's have one that we really want on Friday or on a certain night. And then you can look forward to it. And then it's a treat as opposed to just becoming like something that you end up doing all the time. Like you will enjoy something more if you limit it, if you have it infrequently. So I would consider that as well, that you're not like you're not restricting yourself. You're just like, I'm going to enjoy that more if I have one takeaway a week and I look forward to it. And it's my favorite one. And it's not just I'm eating it because it's there. I've chosen that. And the other days I'm going to plan really nice meals that are in line with my goals. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, there's, there's a pro- as I'm saying this, the practical pro- uh, coaching tips we can give you of, you know, having days maybe at maintenance, you have more calories. So maybe, you know, for dinner, so you could have a takeaway, for example, or, you know, like, again, banking calories because your family's coming over on, on Sunday and you're cooking a big Sunday lunch. So banking cal- calories Monday through Saturday. Those are the practical coaching tips, which if you've been here for as long as you say you have, you will likely have heard us talk about a million times and already know that there are options for you. Um, the interesting thing here is that even though we talk about these all the time, you've been here for a while and you know what these options are, you're not even implementing them. Instead, as you say, and actually, I think you're a really good writer. I really enjoyed listening to that. You drift kind of into ambivalence of, I don't really care that much. So then I would say to you, it's one of two things. One, do you really actually want this? Do you really actually want to be like, and I don't think losing kgs is a good goal for anyone because who the fuck cares? Like we always say, who cares how much you weigh? But like, if you want to get in shape, let's say aesthetic shape, physique shape, internal, external, whatever, you have to fucking do the work. It's that simple. It's not just going to happen and you can't drift. You have to be like, no, I'm going to, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it. Equally, if you don't want to, if you're like, it's actually not worth, you know, we talk about cost benefit, the cost benefit isn't worth it to me. Like, I really like my life. I'm really happy. Okay, fine. I'm two kgs, three kgs bigger than I'd like to be. But if that's my biggest problem, fucking A, like <laughs> winning at life. Like, do I really want this? And if the answer is no, crack on drifting and just do what you're doing now. Try to be health conscious, try to be activity conscious and allow for the takeaways, allow for the family visits and let go of a goal that maybe you think you want but in real life like in your real day-to-day life you actually don't so yeah Mm. I think such an important thing to consider especially in that situation where maybe you don't have that much to lose and then often when you do that this is the kind of paradoxical thing when you do that and you're like okay I've taken the pressure off this goal sometimes you just habitually eat a bit less yeah (laughs) And, and actually you're like oh now that I'm not putting all this pressure on myself to 
hit my steps or go to the gym I realized that I actually wanted to do that and I enjoy it and I get a lot out of it and I've re-found the love for it and then you end up getting better results yeah and then removing that food focus sometimes even if you're not sticking to the diet for constantly thinking about it like I say regardless of whether or not you're executing it sometimes just taking the goal away and taking pressure off removing the food focus and the food preoccupation actually then gives you some fucking breathing space and some breathing room to change your relationship with food organically and naturally and again like we're talking about in the last step with intuitive eating this is tricky advice depending on who you're talking to but I know for me that was a game changer Mm. um Maggie's just saying, I don't have much to lose. It literally would have been a few kilograms, max seven. I just feel a bit fluffy and would like to be less. Yeah, I think I, I think it, um, Chloe's nailed it. Of like, it sounds like you actually don't want it that much for the effort required. And this often happens when you're not that far off your goal, where you're like, no, I am. I'm pretty happy with where I am. And then you realize that you still have to make the same sacrifices if you want to lose the body fat then you're like well actually it's not worth it to me because I'm pretty happy where I am and that's fine again yeah, like no goal is so freeing yeah we do this for a living but that doesn't mean that you all have to have a goal to whatever that whatever like if, if you get to a point you're like actually I don't really have a goal right now like I'm okay you can still stay on the EC method like you can still go to the gym you can still eat a salad you know what I mean like okay not to have this big thing at the end of it yeah I don't have a goal Oh, uh, yeah, well, my goal right now is to gain as much muscle as possible with reduced fucking training sessions. But I'm I'm trying my best. Steroids, babe. Huh? Steroids. I was talking to my brother about that this morning. I was saying I could always get on the roids and he was like, yeah, they're hemorrhoids. <laughs> yeah, they're great. <laughs> the same brother that's always like, how many electrolytes am I burning when I do this? And I'm like, fuck off oh my god okay um right back to becky with the the broken foot she says it's an ongoing issue so far all they can tell me is that my bones are too hard and that's why they break frequently she says steps have been down to around five to seven k a day from 12k a day still have to do the school run calories are 1800 body recomp is the goal four workouts a week um eight five oh five foot and eight stone six normally I do swimming drills once a week so may try to swim another time yeah I think if you can get another swimming session in and think of calories as a 16 to 1800 bracket but I wouldn't put too much pressure on yourself to drop them too much because it can often backfire but if you find that hey with the reduced activity you do kind of have a bit of reduced hunger then closer to 1600 would also be fine it's very, 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 very tricky with a body recomp goal and an injury to say whether or not you should reduce calories or leave them. Because if you reduce calories, then we'll probably be, you know, erring further towards the fat loss side of the equation. But we'd have to reduce them quite a lot if you're really inactive, first of all. So can you even stick to that? Is that even going to be doable? Is another question. But if we leave them slightly higher, we're going to be safeguarding more muscle mass. Um, so like body recomp and, and I'm immobile for a period recalories is quite a tricky thing you need to figure out which is which one you kind of are on the side of 
Mm. I personally would protect that muscle mass as someone who now just looks skinny and basic and it's a travesty and Emma knows because I send her voice notes about how absolutely liver they are all the time. I would encourage all of you to safeguard muscle mass at every turn, also just for health. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Liz, Maggie, it sounds like me for the last year, things that have helped me have been committing 100%, 100% and no letting myself down to my planned meals and steps and eating three meals and two snacks with lots of protein and fruit. You sound like Emma. <laughs> I, uh, I do think committing 100% is underrated. I do too, and it's dangerous now. And again, every client's different. For some clients, that's the worst thing that you could tell them to do. They're gonna they're gonna throw in the towel within within a week, within two weeks, within a month if you're if they're lucky. But some clients, it's like it's like a duck to water. It works. It's like they're off. They're off to the races, and everyone's different. So again, so probably something all of you. You know, I'm a big believer in kind of like self reflection and a bit of self coaching reflect what kind of person are you what do you do well with what's probably going to be a bit of a the death of <laughs> the death of the goal for you think about your approach and how how to best serve yourself yeah yeah but I do think sometimes people think that and then kind of give up to it oh I'm the kind of person yeah. would never stick to anything anyway so I'm just not gonna even try I think with the 100% as well like the whole point isn't being like I'm committing 100% to this perfect ideal of the way that I'm going to eat and train and it's completely unrealistic and then you're right like they shoot themselves in the foot and they give up it's mm -hmm. committing like 100% to I will get to the gym two times a week knowing fine well that you normally go three or four times a week yeah but I'm going to commit to these bare minimums and I'm going to make sure that I do them like I'm not going to go to bed if I've not done seven and a half thousand steps but then also not being stupid with it like unless you've had a migraine and you can't get out of bed like they'd be like like people sometimes then are like taking it too far but like realistically and that's why I like committing to trying my best every day and partly because you have to be real with yourself of like you're only lying to yourself if you're like yeah I tried my best but that like, you know if you haven't right so I'm gonna try my best to hit 10,000 steps but you know what if something more important came up which would be very rare but like if something more important came up or I was really unwell like did I still try my best yes but actually it was more important to go and see I don't know someone that was unwell or something you know like something else came up that was legitimately more important versus yeah but it was raining outside like no you didn't try your best and and then I guess it comes back to like what excuses will you accept of yourself yeah and that's a big question and then you're saying to yourself like I accept that as an excuse and if you accept it being raining as an excuse, then you also have to accept that you probably won't get great results. Two things. Emma, you know that you say in less instead of unless. <laughs> All the no, time. There's a lot of weird things that I say there. All the time. Every time you say it, I'm like in less. But you're always on a good roll, so I never interrupt you. But I just thought I'd tell you that. Second thing, side note. A while ago, a police officer pulled me over for like eating an apple while I was driving apparently you're not allowed to like eat and drive right and I was like okay and today I went through McDonald's drive-thru I got chicken nuggets okay it could have been a lot worse. I needed some protein I was really really hungry I got chicken nuggets how much protein's in like 10 chicken nuggets oh a 10 I don't I didn't get 10 babe it was six. Five. six yeah so I probably somewhere in the region of 30 grams I'll have a look in a minute 
and this police officer is right in front of me getting McDonald's, driving out of the leisure centre area where I was, stuffing the faces. I was like, hypocrisy. Anyway, next. I can't believe you got pulled over for eating an apple. Yeah, apparently you're not allowed to eat behind the wheel. I just, I don't even know if I believe it. Well, I didn't know that. I used to always eat apples behind the wheel. I don't eat and drink behind the wheel all the time. I don't understand. Okay, Ali Pally. Okay, I need to confess, this round has been a shit show. Um, and I'm forcing myself to post this to pull myself out of it. To be honest, it's been a very hard time this, this time of year. Anniversary of my mum's death. Mental health has been bad and had a mad 12-hour workday sorry 12 hour work days which are reducing my steps it's all been too much for me I've stopped tracking and eaten too much chocolate trying to be a bit kind to myself and focus on the wins I started boxing again after a year and have maintained but just don't know how to cope going forward and I don't want to chuck it in think part of the problem is tracking which is tedious and mentally tiring maybe I wonder about tracking part-time um sorry other than that nothing specific really okay you see how emma said um a few minutes ago a couple minutes ago what excuses are you willing to accept from yourself and what you're not mourning the anniversary of your mother dying which is heartbreaking for most people and finding yourself in a strange mental health funk while work has ramped up and you're probably quite stressed as well um and tired um these are perfectly legitimate reasons why you've struggled to really execute and give it 100% again as we were just talking about perfectly legitimate so a forgive yourself b amazing such a win that you've been sticking with the boxing that you decided to start up again and you've been doing it consistently well done you funny that you then said like I think maybe tracking is a bit mentally fatiguing for me because I was thinking as soon as you talked about how you haven't been tracking anything and you've been eating too much chocolate like one of the first things we should do is come away from tracking and instead just start making really kind of like health conscious decisions around food so you know we want you to get protein fruit veg build all your meals around protein and veg and then you want to shove some noodles in there or I don't know you want to shove some avocado in your eggs whatever it is I quite like the advice of like choosing an energy macro so a carb or a fat trying not to do both that way naturally will keep your your calories on the lower end and or just portion control instead of just having a massive bowl of ramen having like you know like a ramen bowl of ramen having like a cereal bowl of ramen for example another way for you to have something you love keep but keep it lower calorie um it's portion size and just thinking about these things without necessarily like tracking numbers or you know scanning barcodes and allowing yourself to have some chocolate I like to get my clients to it later in the day when all the other boxes are kind of being ticked you feel really good about it and then being like you know what I love a bit of chocolate so I don't know any time from dinner time onwards I'm going to allow myself a bar you know instead of like grazing at it or like you know one of those massive big Cadbury's blocks um and just try and get a little bit more health conscious and a bit more like into like your food and 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 your your kind of goals and taking care of yourself, but without putting any real barriers up to do it. Yeah, I think approaching it from the right headspace as well of not like I'm forcing myself to go back and do this and to track and to blah blah blah, but actually what can I do to make myself feel my best and focusing on the behaviors as opposed to 
going back to looking at the numbers or like you say tracking is getting quite tedious for you sounds like you've been tracking for a while and you probably don't need to track anymore and that you can probably do it without that and you can just focus on hey I'm going to build each meal around protein source getting in enough um fruit and veg and then yeah I'll have a bit of a treat but again come back to what I said before like it you will enjoy chocolate more if you don't have it consistently throughout the day like if you have like one I don't know whatever you really fancy ripple or something at the end of the day that you really look forward to with a cup of tea and you like sit down and you really enjoy it you will enjoy the chocolate so much more than having it more frequently and I think that's so underrated it's like if it's a treat if you really want to enjoy it limit it don't have it all the time and that's going to make you enjoy it more not less and then finally I think like it sounds like you've been sailing like you you're sitting around maintenance you're still doing your boxing like you've had ridiculous time at work like obviously a really tough time for you mentally as well I actually think you've done really well to like keep going where you are and hey if you're feeling like (laughs) now you're ready to push on a little bit more how can you think about fueling your body as best you can and the actions that will make you feel your best as opposed to focusing on like numbers and fat loss and blah 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 yeah I agree um okay Maggie's just saying thank you so much for all your help I'll have a mull and maybe make a post later um Lauren's saying your answer to Maggie's question is basically describing exactly where I'm at too only a tiny amount of fat to lose I'm guessing it's okay for me to sail in a tiny bit of a deficit for a while basically until I decide I want to push properly slash harder and lose the last two kilograms yeah or you may decide you want to keep sailing forever and you might be like it's not worth it for me to lose those last two kilograms or you might decide it is like it's totally up to you but also I find with when you're that close to maintenance as well and you're that close to the end of your diet like there isn't a huge difference anyway so if you're like yeah I'm gonna sail for a bit like the difference between like sailing for a bit and then you might be like oh I'm gonna drop an extra 100 calories during the week or something and hey you might lean up a little bit but like this is going to be maintenance now like maintenance means that you will still fluctuate like you basically are at maintenance like you'll still be going up and down by about two kilograms throughout your life generally like that's fine there'll be times where you're a little bit heavier where you're a little bit lighter maybe when you want to go on holiday and you tighten things up a little bit but it won't be this big I'm jumping on another diet it will just be I'm going to tighten up my diet a little bit maybe add in a couple of thousand steps a day and after a couple of weeks I'll be a little bit leaner like that will be it like that's the rest of your life at maintenance yeah really interesting thing to think about is do you really want to lose the fact that you're saying like oh I have a couple kgs left to lose and not saying like so I'm just going to like attack my fat loss now and then come up to maintenance and then as Emma's saying like really embrace the fact that in life you know again you know you might go on holiday and gain a kg you might decide to run a marathon, not be one of those people that struggles with hunger and lose a kg. Like, you know, your weight, you're never going to be static. Your weight is always going to be in flux. It's always going to regret your life at that time. So nobody ever think that once you get to your goal, that's it forever. But it's not going to work like that. Um, but I think there's two schools of thought of either like, I'm going to attack it now so I can lose these last two kgs and come up to maintenance and crack on with my life. I think the fact that you're looking at it like, oh, I'll just sail around here for a bit means that you're probably done. If, if I'm reading it right, and maybe me saying that might make you think about it for the first time, but 
it looks sounds to me like you're kind of done um and maybe think about that and think about coming up to maintenance sooner rather than later and again maintenance guys it's just going to be like a little bit more calories and potentially Literally a little the same thing <laughs> yeah um and probably a little bit a little bit less expensive well not probably if you want to if you've been really pushing to hit I don't know 90k steps a week and you know you want to reduce it fine you can reduce it a little bit um or if you've been doing an added spin session a week because you're really gunning for fat loss because you're going to Ibiza fine we can drop that but generally speaking like as Emma and I always say and we repeat it all the time we'll continue to the habits that got you there are the habits that are going to keep you there so we can only move the needle a little bit um but something I think you should think about and I guess that's hard right we get so many questions about this and so much of it like does depend a bit because some of you right now will be towards the end of your diet and maybe you're in like a 300 calorie deficit right which means you're not that far from maintenance your life isn't going to look you know your diet your life your actions aren't going to look particularly different at maintenance other people might be in quite a substantial deficit like maybe you're in a six seven hundred calorie deficit and so coming up to maintenance for you at the point that you're at probably would look quite different. But for the vast majority of people, by the time they get to the end of their diets, the, their diet and calories aren't a million miles. And this is more, I would say this happens more in women than men, but their diet and calories aren't a million miles from maintenance anyway. Yeah, it's true. I would say that my really, really, really active female clients, like you're talking the going way past 100k steps a week and love to do their cardio love to lift in the gym I never have taken anyone higher than 2200 and they still have to die on 1800 so mm. you know when you think about it it's not it's not a lot at all um and it will be let you know less for someone who's less active than that um Debbie's just saying there's 15 grams of protein in six chicken nuggets <gasps> So somebody didn't hit her leucine threshold. <laughs> well, I did have a whey shake this morning, though, ready to drink. Oh, Grenade sent me their new um, Oreo. Is it good? I haven't tried it yet. I, I don't really have that much of a sweet tooth since being pregnant. I don't know why. I haven't tried it. I'll let you know. Thanks. Okay, Ollie, do you have any suggestions to reduce getting cramp I can run fine but often if I try to stretch I will get cramp could be calf hamstring or between the shoulder blades it will often get cramp if I when I yawn and I tense my calves I will often get cramp if when yawning I tense my calves is that a normal thing to do I don't know if I do that when I yawn you no, that's not a normal thing. Oh. <laughs> How odd. Um, you know what, I will, no, actually, I think, and just to give Ollie credit there, sometimes that will happen to me, not so much yawning, but like stretch yawning, you know? Yeah, is that what he means? I don't no, know. But... Like, you know, if you're in bed and you kind of like stretch out and then you're like, oh shit, I'm about to get cramped. No? Yeah. I think yeah. that happens to me. Well, if I'm dehydrated in the morning and it's usually that yeah I mean it's, it's it's typically cramp is usually a result of dehydration um and or yeah in and, and in the form of both you know water and sodium um and or 
prolong holding holding a position for too long so maybe you're, i don't know i would try try make sure that you're hydrated make sure you're getting enough salt and fluids in your diet um maybe try a magnesium supplement that might help um and i don't know if you're holding stretches for really long periods of time but if you are that will lead to cramp so it was a very long yawn i don't get it so you yawn and then you I know what you mean. Like when you're um, when you stretch in the morning and you yawn. Yeah, but I wouldn't do that if I just yawned, and which I just did because we were talking about yawning. <laughs> oh, I don't know. My brain can't function on this level. Ali's just saying thank you so much. Um, made me a bit teary to hear your sympathy. I do tend to get the balance wrong with pushing myself too hard slash when to give myself. I'm nervous that not tracking will be a disaster, but I shall try for two weeks and review then. I love walking in the gym, so we'll focus on finding time for that. Thank you both so much for everything. You're legends. It won't be a disaster. Guys, And it, it, Emma, you like to reply to someone who is like, I'm going on holiday and I want to make smart choices and I'm really nervous that I'm not going to. And I was like, well, let me tell you something. <laughs> if you go in, we talk about intent a lot. If you intend to not track, but not fall in the fuck it bucket, it's going to be fine. If you intend to go on holiday and enjoy your food, but make smart decisions, it's going to be fine. Like it's fun, like it's absolutely fine. I think you're, I think not tracking will actually be really beneficial to you, re your relationship with food and dieting and even your results. Yeah. Yeah. I think we make too much of a big deal out of coming away from tracking. I agree too. I'm like, the food has the same calories whether you're inputting it into an app or not. Like you, and, and also if you've been tracking for a while, you know how many calories are in those foods. And really what you're getting, everybody's yawning now. People are writing on the live saying that they yawn. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Yeah, if you've been tracking for a while, like, you already have the knowledge of it as well. Like you know what it is, you know what's going in. I think one thing that can be useful for people that are moving away from tracking is writing down what they eat, but not the numbers, because you don't really need to know the numbers. But if you're someone who grazes quite a lot, it's quite useful to just be like, oh, this is actually how much you've consumed today. It's not that you need to know exactly how many calories was in each thing. It's just some people can't recall what they ate. If you ask someone at the end of the day, what have you eaten today? Most people will miss out things. Whereas if you write them down, you're less likely to. But that would be like kind of a stepping stone if you needed to. And the thing is, most people don't. So I'm like, don't try the stepping stone until you need the stepping stone. Like just try stopping tracking and keeping some routine and structure around meals. I bet you will be absolutely fine. Agree. So just quickly, read the chicken nugget thing. Mm. About retrospectively tracking. I was driving, so I didn't track it. <laughs> It is actually illegal to track on my fitness pal while driving. Uh, so you got you know you can't even hold your phone in your hand with your engine on because I've gotten trouble for that too. The police hate me; they're always yelling at me for all cool reasons. But I got someone came up to me. I was waiting outside Waitrose with my engine on, parked fully parked. My engine was on, and I was texting. And this police woman knocked on the window. This is where I used to live, and she was like, "What are you doing on your phone in the car? I'm watching you text." I was like, "Are you?" Are you insane? Like, I'm completely stationary in park. I'm literally waiting for my husband to come out of Waitrose. She's like, your engine is on and you're holding your phone in your hands. That's illegal. I was like, stationary, parked, with the parking brake on. She was like, yep. 
And I was like, oh, okay, fine. And as soon as she left, I was like, fuck you. And got it back up again. But how weird is that? See, that's the kind of thing, like, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't know that. That's what I mean. It's fine to stay warm or, like, have the radio on or something. Generally, police people don't like me. It's just a thing. Okay, so, read the chicken nuggets. I should have got 10, Emma. I should have got 10. Six chicken nuggets is only 287 calories and 15 grams of protein. I'm really upset about if I'd gone for 10, it would have been 480 calories and 25 grams of protein. And as someone who's trying to get their muscle mass back, I did. Yeah. Do you know what else is quite good? The wraps. I think they're quite high. The garlic chicken mayo wrap. I nearly got that, but I went for nuggets instead. Let's see that. Garlic chicken. Garlic chicken. Uh, 479 calories 22 grams of protein lovely and they always put fresh salad in it too oh see you would have got one of your five a day oh, wow. i stopped okay there's only so much i can do <laughs> I slept are, the, in are you accepting that as an excuse for yourself <laughs> no. low standards right okay Janet, I used to get cramps in my neck and back after and during running. It might be from your form, tense shoulders. Make sure you do some shoulder rolls before you start to keep them more relaxed. Great tip. Okay, this is my first time and I'm loving the EC method. Great. I've definitely changed my nutrition, but I know I will need longer than eight weeks. I'm committed to the long haul with this one. Do you do a plan for staying on or is it just a case of signing up again? I'm eating, pro- oh, so eating protein is finally working for me and I need the group for intermittent support. Thanks, ladies. Yes, it's called the grads program and it is essentially very similar, but you'll get different workouts. Um, that's basically the main difference. But yeah, you stay on in the same group and you will have priority sign up. Yeah nothing to add and I would say I'd add to that as well um what maybe like over half this group are grads over half this group yeah well we tend to have a higher than 50 percent return rate yeah. we have more, we have more returners every round than new people yeah, definitely. yeah right I'm really happy about that yeah me too um do- double sausage egg McMuffin has great macros is that Ollie? Of course, yeah. Um, yeah. But started making them myself and they taste better than McDonald's. Oh, hey. A double sausage egg McMuffin. Oh. I don't like, um, I don't like the, the McMuffins. I, f- I find this, the sausages are too peppery and the eggs are too like slippery. I don't like the thought of eggs from McDonald's. I think they're like, I think they've like made a point to do everything. Oh no, I think they are from like, they're all like free range and stuff, aren't they? But it's like, do you, how do they come? Because I, I, I used to work at a gym and they kept like, you'd get poached eggs, right? But they'd come in like plus, like it was already a poached egg and you just yeah. warm it up. And I was like, nah, that's disgusting. A lot of restaurants do that. Mm. Mm. Are we, are we done? We're done on the live, yeah. I can hear a baby crying, but Bodhi's not here and I'm really confused. 
Unless she's just randomly come home. Okay. What, on home? <laughs> it was like walking, I had her on my feet last night and I was like walking around the kitchen with her and I was like, I reckon when she starts walking, I'm going to be a bit freaked out. Seeing like little baby Bodhi come like running in, I'm like, ah, stop. Well, also, <laughs> imagine you just won't be able to leave the room, will you? Because she'll just no, be... I'm one, of those, I'm one of those big, big pens. Yeah. My living room will be a pen. You're like the uncle in Back to the Future. I she starts doing this thing because she's in this little she's not she can't be in her own room until she's six months old so she's in a smudge pod next to my bed which is like a little baby tiny baby crib pod like it sits like kind of on your but against your bed with you it's got this little like mesh thing which I now have to do up like because she couldn't really move before so I'd always have the mesh thing down and she would sleep there and I could just reach in and get her now she's a psycho she looks like that crazy doll from Toy Story in the middle of the night right and it's this fucking scariest thing and this is my child and I'm terrified I'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god I wake up and I can just see her holding herself up with her little head staring at me staring out the mesh at me because she can hear me she can like kind of see me but it's pitch back and she stares at me and she keeps trying to like put her hands on the top of the mesh and like pull her way up and I'm like oh it is literally the scary doll from Toy Story yeah oh my god (laughs) let's move on okay Oh no, I've gone to notifications. That's wrong. Notifications. Oh, no. I love life, Emma. Is there anything going on? Are you dating anyone? Are you single? Uh, <laughs> thanks for that one. Uh, like, yeah, single. Single if anyone's listening and interested. Back single and ready to mingle. <laughs> love that episode of friends okay debbie michael hello i have to tell you that ecm has been so brilliant following a rib injury at christmas surfing with my kids oh badass mom i was really down about not being able to exercise but i followed your advice and i concentrated on my nutrition and my steps and i've managed to lose three pounds since christmas i really can't believe it i'm hoping it might not be muscle mass um but my ribs are healing well and I've been back in the gym with my PT, working out what I can do safely. Yay for your PT. Love that. Deadlifts might be out for another couple of weeks, but I'm working on incline chest press, single leg RDLs, etc. And I even managed my first chin up today. Well done. With regards to workouts, I haven't completed any of the weeks one to four because of my injury. So should I now start looking at these or go straight to weeks four to eight? Thank you so much, ladies. I'm feeling very empowered right now. Despite the recent injury, I'm enjoying the process. Keep doing what you do. I love your attitude and your call. And I love you. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter. Pick, pick whichever workouts you like the look of more. Um, we only change them to keep things fresh. Otherwise, people get bored. In all honesty, we'd rather you guys like picked your workouts, stuck to them for at least a couple months, if not longer, and then, and then switch them up. Or at least I would. Um, Okay. I agree. Michelle Coleman-Blanche. Hello, lovelies. Quick question on training. My husband trains a body part session, e.g. shoulder day. I do two upper and two lower per week. Is there a benefit in doing one body part versus... Is there a benefit in doing one body part per session, e.g. shoulders? I think this is very old school type of training or is he right? I know this is how his pals train back in the day and they all still do. It seems like a very blokey thing. I'm not being sexist, just an observation. (laughs) Just appreciate your opinion on this. Thank you, Michelle. I literally had this chat again with my brother this morning. 
it depends how many days a week you can train. Um, but even, even then doing a shoulder day is like, that's taking up a whole session on one tiny muscle when you could hit shoulders, biceps, triceps, you could do like basically your whole arms in an upper body session, or you could do chest and back or, you know, so even that is like really just hitting one muscle group. Um, so I really doubtful that by the end of the week, he would have hit every muscle group enough with adequate volume to see the best muscle hypertrophy that he could get because it's really total volume over the course of the week that's going to determine your rate of rate and success of hypertrophy um so so it it depends on the sessions you know if you can do four sessions three three sessions a week i would say do four bodies because you really want to make sure that you're getting as much volume in every session as possible if you could do four sessions a week, I would say do um, push and pull with legs, two push with legs, two pull with legs. And if you can do five or six sessions a week, and we do have clients who are adapted to six and are happy with six and do that, then body part splits would be good. But like I say, even then, I wouldn't just be like, do shoulders today, because even they're not going to get the amount of volume you need at the end of the week. And there's a new study out showing that two training, training your muscle groups uh, twice per week um, is optimal muscle hypertrophy, which we all knew anyway, but it's nice when studies get redone and re-looked at. Um, so yeah, that would mean he would have to have two shoulder days a week, and then he'd have to have two back days a week, and then he'd have to have two chest days a week, and two bicep and two tricep, and it's like too much of a split. You wouldn't, like you wouldn't recover well from that. So even if someone was training like six days a week, you might do push-pull legs rest push pull legs rest or something you know so you're hitting more muscle that you're hitting that muscle numerous times a week and it's important on on two fronts like what what Chloe mentioned re creating enough volume but also once you've maximally saturated the response in one session that you know like doing more and more and more reps isn't offering more and more and more value so actually stimulating that muscle more than once a week so instead of just stimulating your shoulders on a monday because that shoulder day and waiting until the next monday you actually do it on a monday and a friday so you're stimulating those muscles to grow on the on two times a week versus just once so it's like the volume matters, but on top of the volume also the number of times that you're stimulating that muscle matters as well but then you have to balance that up because then you could be like well why wouldn't you stimulate it every day well then you have to balance it up with like recovery and actually getting in enough volume to stimulate that muscle numerous times so yeah I would have I would I would say it's definitely not optimal um, and as Chloe said we've got the research to back that up now but on the other side saying that I still sometimes do body part splits just because I like it like I might do a shot today not because it's optimal but just because I'm like oh sometimes I like just absolutely beasting one body part but no, it's definitely not the best way to be training. I do I do body part splits because that's how I like to train. It's how I enjoy it. But again, I don't just do like a shoulder day. Plus that will be over in like 20 minutes. Maybe if I had like, if I only had 20 minutes to train, that would be a good thing to do. But I also like, like I like to do this morning, for example, before my old course of Rudolph, I did like some lower body stuff and then I I'd, I'd really only been in there for 30 minutes. So I did some shoulders and finished it. And again, like I say, like I'm really struggling to get in training sessions at the moment. So I was like, that's good because I need to up my volume for everything at the end of the week. So it was really nice, actually. But yeah, like I, it, a lot of it also depends on how you prefer training. Like I have clients who can only train four days a week, but they're like, I don't want to do push pull. I don't. I want to do body parts. So I'm like, fair enough. 
Um, so, so if he loves training like that, maybe don't <laughs> tell him he's wrong. Just don't take it away from him. <laughs> yeah, and the, I think a lot of that was like copying bodybuilders, right? And then you yeah. have to remember that when you're pumping your body full of that much steroids, you can do a hell of a lot wrong and still get incredible results. So, and a lot of bodybuilders train in totally different ways. Like you've got some people that are so extreme, like, oh, I just do one max out set. For, like you know do a warm-up set and then do one max out set for each exercise that's how some bodybuilders train other ones are like more in like a almost like a strength training rep range yeah. and then other people are like no I do like 20 reps of stuff and it's kind of just proof that a lot of different things work like would you notice the difference between doing like a push-pull leg split versus an upper body lower body split probably not no so some of it comes down to preference but just making sure that within that you're still getting in like the core basics the big lifts you're still stimulating your muscles in a relatively like balanced way so you're not like doing a shitload of quads but no hamstring or whatever similar there was a woman on the on the leg press machine this morning she was watching something on her phone and she was just going like this she was on it for about 20 minutes and I wanted to kill her they must know they must know (laughs) when they're making people rage yeah maybe or you could just be like hi do you mind if I work in between your sets I watched another girl ask her and she was like no so I didn't bother Mm. oh wow that's bold she was one of those ridiculously like really 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 good looking like all the women like Demi Moore vibe I was also quite naturally intimidated by her (laughs) it's like but she was, she was pants. Okay. That's it for today. We've oh, got one more. Okay. Claire, uh, she says, my little one was like that too. Little creepy beasts. Yeah. <laughs> Squeezed the pot into our bedroom with a little space next to me in the bed. Defo helped a bit with him not being disturbed by us. But yeah, we ended up co-sleeping until one. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to I end up co-sleeping with her in like the like those farmyard hours every morning. And it's lovely, but I'm half, you know, I'm aware that this might be causing some problems. Like, oh my god, but you know that scene in Toy Story where Woody like shines the torch and then the baby like turns and like comes up on its little spider legs. It's like that. Nah. Nah, okay. bruv. Nah, bruv. Right, we'll see you next week. Yeah, it's Thursday. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, yeah.